Before we can get to the interesting bits, we are going to have to get through some of the more complicated stuff. You may want to listen to this first episode a few times. I know most of you just want to dive right in, but trust me, this is the information you need to know before you begin your self-hypnosis journey. Do your best to stick with it, because in doing so, it will all come together for you, and it will inevitably cause a shift in your thinking and how you perceive pretty much everything. First, I will map out uh, the core principles. I think we can all agree that understanding the core principles of whatever you're learning is essential to progress and ultimately to the mastery of it. I'll get into some philosophy, perhaps metaphysics, nothing too deep. And then we will cover a very basic model of how the mind learns and takes in information. I will do my very best to keep it simple. It's not easy because this is science after all, but I am conscious of the fact that not everyone understands the scientific jargon. The average person cannot be expected to comprehend the complexities of the mind so easily. The idea here is to make this series on self-hypnosis accessible to everyone. I will either describe concepts in layman's terms or speak in metaphor. Before there was language, there were metaphors. And we'll get into that at one point. So please stick with me. Let's get through the complicated bits and then we'll get to the interesting stuff, I promise. So from time to time, I will repeat myself. Self-hypnosis is after all ruled by the laws of repetition and the laws of association. And the more you listen to this, the more you practice, your brain will trigger neuroplasticity. So keep at it, stick to it. Self-hypnosis is a skill. And as with any skill, you have to practice. And the more you practice, the stronger it gets. If you are dedicated to learning this as a skill, it'll be the best thing you've ever done for yourself. It won't happen overnight. You have to develop it. But once you do, it's a wonderful ability. It's a wonderful skill to have. Dedicate every day, whether it's five minutes or 10 minutes. If you want to develop this as a skill, and if you really want to reap the rewards and the benefits of self-hypnosis, just stick to it. And it's not difficult. It's not hard at all. And it's fun. It's really a lot of fun. So let's just jump right in. So this first segment is uh, what is hypnosis? Now, if you already know what hypnosis is and how it is created, you can go ahead and, and, and skip this bit. But if you don't, then let me tell you. First of all, hypnosis is a very normal state. It's naturally occurring. And it happens to you actually every day. You, you experience hypnosis several times a day, perhaps. It's not unusual. I'll give you an example. And I'm sure this has happened to you before. <laughs> you ever find yourself, you start to think about something. And then somehow your, your stare, it, it narrows to like this empty space in front of you. And you just zone out. 
<laughs> and you're just like, right? But you're thinking, you're, you're very focused on whatever it is that you're thinking. And somebody can come right up to you and, and you know they're there. And you're fully conscious of the world around you, but you're just so focused on this thought. That is hypnosis. There is also that um, moment before sleep. You know, those when you're so tired and that bed is just, that pillow looks so inviting. You just put your head on the pillow and there's those few moments where you begin to doze off. That is hypnosis. And you create hypnosis before you go to sleep every day. And, and this is why when people say, oh, I can't be hypnotized. I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Everybody can be hypnotized. You're being hypnotized every day. I mean, what is advertising if not a form of hypnosis? Social media companies? Oof, my God. They're very, very well aware of <laughs> what they're doing. They're hypnotizing you, believe me. In hypnosis, we have a thing called uh, eye fascination. It, the eye fascination works by either fixing your stare on one particular thing, a shiny object, or any object, and just staring at it for a long time. That will send you into hypnosis. Moving the eyes up and down, that will also send you into hypnosis. So what's happening when you're, you're scrolling through your TikToks? Your eyes are going up and down, up and down. You're going into hypnosis. And before you know it, time has passed. Because one of the things that hypnosis causes is time distortion. There's people that can be in hypnosis for 30 minutes and they'll come out and they'll say, you know, I was in there for five minutes. No, you were in there for 30 minutes. <laughs> so, time distortion. Some people have asked me, can I get stuck in hypnosis? Well, not on my clock, but yes, <laughs> you can. A lot of people are in, are in hypnosis all day, all day, all day long. And I know I'm going to get a lot of flack for this. I know a lot of my colleagues are going to say, don't say that, that's not true. Well, it is true. You people are stuck in hypnosis. People are going around months and months and months <laughs> passing by. And they're like, it's already the end of the year. Yes, it is. You've been in hypnosis, half of it. So, yes, you can get stuck in hypnosis, but if you're working with a hypnotherapist, then a certified hypnotherapist or a clinical hypnotherapist, then of course not. No, make sure that, um, that we count our clients out of hypnosis completely to a completely unsuggestible state before they leave our office. 
So a lot of people will come to us already in a state of hypnosis. It can be induced through social media, through television. Even shock, stress. Stress can trigger hypnosis, you know that? Yes, it can. Let's talk a little bit about suggestibility. What is suggestibility? Suggestibility is just how your brain takes in information, how your brain learns. I give suggestions based on your suggestibility type. So it's either going to be a direct suggestion or an indirect suggestion. And this will make the, a world of a difference. Using the Capucinian method, 100%, everybody can be hypnotized. 100%. Is there a difference between self-hypnosis and heterohypnosis? The American Psychological Association describes the clinical technique of self-hypnosis as the act of administering hypnotic procedure on one's own. End quote. And some of the most prominent hypnosis researchers have stated that, quote, the vast majority of hypnotic procedure can be accurately defined as self-hypnosis. Now, what do they mean by this? Well, basically that all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. My role as your hypnotherapist is relatively minor. My job is to help you access that 88% of your mind, which is the estimated total of your subconscious mind, actually. But you're the one that's doing all the work. The two main differences are how you physically feel and, of course, the way in which you administer the auto-suggestions. First, let's talk about the way you feel during heterohypnosis, because this may be the main difference. A lot of my clients describe experiencing a floating sensation. And of course, they don't have to think about anything about because I'm administering the suggestions. But once you learn how to go into trance and then deepen that trance and give your subconscious mind powerful auto-suggestions, it's, it's, it's just the same. You get the same results. Hypnosis is nothing more than a highly focused state of concentration. A highly focused state of concentration. That's all it is. I, I described earlier about, um, about hypnosis and what it is, basically. You zone out. You're looking out into the nothingness of space in front of you. You're just focused on that, and you're thinking. It's like a daydream. Right? And it's, that's hypnosis. You are taking yourself into hypnosis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what it is. Self-hypnosis is not for everyone. You should not practice self-hypnosis if you are, if you have bipolar or schizophrenia. You should not practice self-hypnosis if you are, if your mental state is, is, is not stable. It, it's pretty logical, right? Assuming that um, you're giving yourself suggestions, if you are depressed or sad or, 
what have you, then you can imagine the type of suggestions you'll be giving your mind. You'll be giving yourself, I should say. So take precaution. Evaluate yourself. I also want to talk a little bit about the difference between changing and improving. Right? Because with self-hypnosis, you can either completely change yourself, change something about you that you don't like, or you can just fix it and improve. You can just improve it. And I don't like to use the word fix because that implies that there's something wrong with you. So when you decide that you want to change something about yourself, and let's say it's a bad habit, maybe you bite your nails, right? You want to change that. Yeah. You're not happy with that. You want to change that. Okay. You might give yourself the proper suggestions. After a few sessions of working with yourself, you will definitely stop biting your nails. You will stop biting your nails. You will create that change in you. Your nails will begin to grow. And they'll be beautiful and well manicured hands. And you're going to see that change. You're like, wow. Now, did those nails grow overnight? Of course not. Nails don't grow overnight to that length. You have to give it a little time for that change to occur. But it will happen. It will happen. Now let's talk about improving. So that means you're already good at something and you just want to make it better. So let's say golf. Say you want to improve your swing. So you want to improve what you're already good at. Usually when you improve something that you're already good at, it's quick. When you're improving something, it's much quicker than when you're trying to change something. Because when you're trying to change something in you, it, there's, it could be a physiological, something physiologically has to occur. You have to give it time, your body to adjust, your mind, your habits. It takes a little more time. As opposed to improving, you're already good at it. But once you give yourself the suggestions, you just start to get better and better and better. And you will start to notice those subtle differences in your swing if you're a golfer. Another thing that I'd like to discuss real quick is about uh, the depth of trance. Does the depth of trance really matter? Uh... My opinion is no. You can stay in the light trance. As long as you're hitting those alpha. As long as you're, you're going into that alpha brainwave state. You're good. If you can manage to get to theta. You're golden. That's where you want to be. Kind of in between those two. Because when you're at your theta brainwave state. You're at your most creative. That's when the manifestation begins to happen. That's where you want to go. That's where you want to reach. So, and that, you know, it might take you a little bit longer to reach that state. So in the, in the beginning, when you decide how long you want to be in trance, you know, you might say in the beginning five minutes and you realize, okay, I'm not deep in, I don't get that depth at five minutes. So the next time you go into trance, you tell yourself, okay, I'm going to go into trance now for 10 minutes. And if you still don't reach theta in 10 minutes, then you do 15 minutes. And eventually you will hit it. You will know what it takes to reach that 
And then with practice, of course, it'll take you less and less time to reach that state, that, that theta brainwave state. Because that's where you want to be. All right? And um, let's talk about coming out of hypnosis real quick. You always want to count yourself out. In other words, you want to give yourself the suggestion, obviously, that you're going to go under. And we're going to talk about the methods of how we're going to do the inductions and so forth, how to do self-induction. I'm going to go through all of that with you guys. And get really nice, deep, deep, deep trance state. But coming out is absolutely important. You have to count yourself out. One, two, three, four, five. Awake, wide awake. Always tell yourself that. Setting your environment. You have to have a certain respect for your mind. If you're going to devote uh, your time to really exploring it and giving it a chance to show you what it can do, then preparing your environment is the least you can do, right? So what do I mean by that? Uh, make sure that you are in a quiet room. I mean, do you need to have the, you know, the, the shades drawn and absolute 100% silence? And No, no, you don't. Ideally, if you can just be in a room where you're not going to be disturbed, this will help a lot. It's really important for you to have that space. And of course, you want to make sure that you have that space and that you won't be disturbed. That means that people are not going to barge in in the middle of your session. Because you might be going deep, deep, deep into a trance state and all of a sudden somebody barges in. That's like, it's like a shock to the system, you know. And that's not good. So I would say, start with uh, 30 minutes alone time. And, you, and this is the beautiful part about self-hypnosis, that you can do it on your own time, whenever you want. There's no pressure, there's... There's no stress and there's nothing that you have to do like right now, right away, today. You can warm up to it. I mean, in fact, you should warm up to it. You shouldn't try to do something or try to master something right away. Like, okay, I got to master this today. No, no, it's, it's, it's like wax on, wax off. I've kind of designed this, this series in a Mr. Miyagi kind of way. Mr. Miyagi in mind. Wax on, wax off. So from time to time, I will repeat myself. From time to time, I will give you suggestions that you won't necessarily understand what they are, but they are they're, they're there for a reason. It's to help you reach that level of mastery. And, and, and it's self-mastery. And everybody can benefit from that, right? Self-mastery. It's a wonderful thing. I don't suggest that you lay down because you might fall asleep. If you are uh, trying to um, learn self-hypnosis to help you with your insomnia, that's fine. But um, initially learn it just to learn it. Just 
learn to just how to do it for any reason, not necessarily insomnia. So let's be clear. You're not going to lay down. You should be sitting. And and I, I think it's really important. Posture with self-hypnosis is super important. You should keep your spine straight as much as you can. You want to have your spine absolutely straight. You should also have neck support. Because you don't want your neck to go too far back. Neither do you want it to go too far forward. Not because it will lessen the hypnotic state, but when you come out of it, you don't want to, you don't want to be cramped up or, you know, you don't want to have any pain afterwards. And a lot of people have uh, neck problems and so forth. You don't want to make it worse. So it's very important that you have proper head support and that you're sitting in a comfortable chair. A lot of people uh, will say, oh, you can just do your self-hypnosis all the time in the same place. I tend to disagree. I think that you should try self-hypnosis in various parts, in various rooms in your house or your apartment or wherever. Different chairs, sofa, in as many places as you can. And I'll tell you why, because... If if you recall earlier, I said, um, I told you that um, self-hypnosis is governed by the laws of repetition and the laws of association. So if you are constantly doing self-hypnosis in the same chair, in the same room, the same time, guess what happens? your mind learns to go into hypnosis only if you're sitting in the same chair <laughs> in the same room at the same time. And what will happen if you're on the subway one day and you're just so stressed out and you're like, oh, I could really use some self-hypnosis right now. It'll be very difficult for you to do it. It'll, ve it'll be very difficult. It'll be much more difficult for you to go into self-hypnosis because your mind will, will be... Well, where's my chair? Well, we're not in the room. <laughs> so mine is, the mind works in mysterious ways. Not really. Yes. <laughs> it does. So try self-hypnosis in, in as many places as you can, except, and I stress, except in your car. Not, especially not in the driver's seat. Never, never, and I say never, try to do self-hypnosis while in your car. Please. Not while in the front seat. Not behind the wheel. That's very dangerous. I mean, you don't even want your mind to associate those two. And uh, if you really want to, I mean, if you must do self-hypnosis in your bed, laying down, the chances are you'll fall asleep. And uh, that that's usually the case. You you just clunk out. You just you clog out. <laughs> so always best to be sitting in a comfortable chair with good neck support and that you in a place where you will not be disturbed. And you'll be able to ease into it 
gradually. You have to decide um, in advance how much time you want to be in trance. Because, you know, our body has a natural time clock. I mean, you can put an alarm, but you need to tell yourself, okay, I'm going into hypnosis for 20 minutes. Give yourself to start with at least 30 minutes. Because the first, I would say, the first um, five to seven minutes, maybe five to ten minutes, that's just a warm-up. Eventually, you'll be able to do it much quicker, but in the beginning, you have to allow yourself to warm up. It's like uh, when you go to the gym. It's the same kind of, It's the same thing. You don't just jump on the treadmill without doing any stretchings. It's the same thing. You don't when you do self-hypnosis, you have to sort of ease into it. It's very important that you ease into it and be patient. Now some of you might say, "Oh, I have no patience." Oh, too bad. <laughs> if you really want to do this and you really want to master it, because it's so cool. It's so awesome. How it's going to change your life. And how it can heal you in so many ways. I attest to self-hypnosis. Self-hypnosis saved my life. It really did. Even my doctors were like, what the hell did you do? <laughs> did self-hypnosis. You also want to make sure that you've eaten something like not too much because obviously if you uh, if you eat too much you will trigger that parasympathetic mode where you suddenly you feel like the need to sleep so you want to make sure that you've eaten something light that you you have something in your belly right that's going to hold you for at least 30 minutes also you know, when you, when you eat, your, it's very important to keep your glucose levels sort of, um, you have to keep them balanced. So, if you, uh, if you have a low glucose levels, your ability to concentrate is sort of diminished, so you want to keep them balanced. All right? Okay. Now that we've gotten through some of this we're going to continue I promise you this episode <laughs> seems like very ugh, but you have to know these things and it's important that you really take the time to uh, to listen to this and follow these instructions because this is what's going to maximize your ability to uh, to learn self-hypnosis as a skill and you're going to have this for the rest of your life imagine this this is going to be with you for the rest of your life. And it's a beautiful thing. So, just, uh, you know, 40 minutes of your, of your life to go through this episode. It's not a bad thing. It's pretty good. It's a good deal, isn't it? <laughs> In this segment, we're going to talk about, a little bit about um, your superpowers guess what? You have superpowers. I know. See? <laughs> you always knew that, didn't you? We all have superpowers. 
and we just need to know how to use them and how to apply them properly. You, you're going to be very surprised when I tell you what they are. Now, as a standalone power, they're less effective. But when you combine them, that is when it becomes a real superpower. You will be very surprised when I tell you what they are. Because you have to actually work these. You have to work it. Work, work. You, you have to work it. These superpowers are emotion, intention, curiosity, yes, curiosity, and imagination. If you combine these four, you can have anything you want. Literally anything you want. A lot of people very successful people especially they say things like hey you can have anything you want if you just put your mind to it what does that mean how do you put your mind to something but this is how you do it you combine those four in a very systematic specific way in self-hypnosis you must use these four superpowers. So, how do you do it? What's the secret sauce? <laughs> I'm going to teach you how to do that. I'm going to teach you how to do all that in the next episode. We're going to start working on the next episode. We're going to dive right in. Right now, this episode, it's all about what, it's all about just setting the groundwork, right? So you're going to stick with me, right? I do want to give you a little bit of background on each superpower. And describe how to bring it up, how to call it up, what it is. Because, you know, imagination can mean something totally different to, from one person to the next. But let's just be clear. Let's start with intention. So intention, I guess in NLP, they call it a well-formed outcome. So you have to focus on that. What is your, what is it that you want? What is that outcome that you want to have? So you, you, you decide that you're going to learn self-hypnosis because you want to improve what exactly? Let's just take something out of the blue. Um, I want to learn self-hypnosis to be, uh, feel more self-confidence. Okay, great. So now we know where we're, we have some sort of, you know, a GPS. That's what self-hypnosis is, like GPS for your mind, you know, GPS for your life. So you know that you're going to use self-hypnosis or this particular session to improve your self-esteem or your confidence. Great. That is your intention. And visualize what it is that you really want. What would your life look like? What would your life look like 
if you had confidence through the roof? How would your life be different? So you have to think about that. And you have to really give it like, give it a life. Give that picture in your mind a feeling state. What, what would your life look like if you had that confidence already? Let's assume you already have it. Let's assume you already have that confidence. What does it feel like right now? Ooh, damn, that's good. <laughs> Through the roof. What would you do? Boom, 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 boom. You might want to add a song to it. You know? You know how those boxers go out? You know why boxers have fight songs? Because in their mind, they already won. In their mind, they're already won. That's it. They're winners. So, if you want to attach sound to it, smells to it, that'll make it even more powerful. That's your intention. In fact, I, I have a, I have a, I create myself sniff boxes for different feelings that I want to call up. Yeah. So the smell of happiness. I've created a stiff box for myself. And I do that just for my own self. I love it. I have a bunch of little boxes everywhere. <laughs> I want to feel super elated. So I smell one box. It even says on the box, you're elated right now. I've given a feeling a smell. And it also has a color tag. So, for example, for me, happiness is pink. So now what you're doing is your your mind is connecting uh, not only a feeling, but it's also connecting a color, a smell. I do it all. I use all my senses when I created an intention. That's what, that's what having superpower is all about. We all have these superpowers. We just need to know how to use them and how to connect them and how to bring them all together to our benefit. So that's number one. Your intention, your well-formed outcome, as they say in NLP. You have to know what you want. You have to visualize it. You have to feel it. You have to feel it. Really feel it. Like it's, it's already there. And that's where gratitude comes in, actually. Gratitude is when you, when you already have something and you, you're grateful that you have it. So in that intention, once you feel it, you smell it, you see it, you, you can taste it. You can taste, you can taste the victory. You can feel the victory. You're there. Say thank you. Thank you. Like that. I mean, really mean it. Now that goes together with imagination. Imagination is so powerful. I know a lot of people have said to me, oh, I have a hard time visualizing. I, I can't visualize. Well, okay. 
But you can imagine. Everybody can imagine. When you imagine, you don't see clear pictures and, you know, in 3D, technicolor detail and all what that, you know. You get a sense of what it is. A sense. And that's all you need. You don't need all the details and the colors and the 3D. No. Just need to, even if, even if you, ah, you're blocked and you're like, I can't imagine. Well, you know what? Just try. And if you try, I, I don't like the word try. Try, try is not a word that I have even in my lexicon. But if you do not manage to achieve imagining something, well, then pretend you do. Pretend that you can imagine anything. Okay, and move on to the next. Right? Which is emotion. Emotion is feeling. Really put your emotion into it. Put your heart and soul into it. Really feel, feel what it's like to have that job or to have that happiness or to have that relationship or to have whatever it is that you're focused on on on, on achieving you have that peace of mind you have that tranquility you have that control of your anxiety feel it feel it feel it right you have to feel it you have to add feeling to it. Otherwise, it will work eventually. It will just take longer to take root. Sorry to say. But if you learn to feel those feelings, and it's kind of hard because, um, you know, your subconscious mind tends to, and your conscious mind, your subconscious mind tends to be all the time at sort of at odds. What we're doing is we're trying to create a balance. Right. So, like, actually, you know what? I I want to also mention something, and I'm going to go back to intention. Very important that when you state your intention, you're going to state it in the positive. Always what you want, never what you don't want. So, for example, you're going to say, uh, let, let's just say. Um, you are uh, going back to, to uh, confidence, okay? It's going back to the, our, our intention here is confidence. And you're, gonna, you're not going to say something to yourself like, I don't want to have low confidence or I don't, don't want to feel worthless or I don't want to feel like a loser. No. Never say that to yourself. You always want to say what you do want. You really feel it. And always speak in the positive. Here's something very interesting about the mind. Is that it doesn't understand don't or not. So if you say, I don't want something. I don't want to feel like a loser. Your your mind doesn't process the, the don't. So... What it processes is just I want to feel like a loser. And I'm sure there's some scientific neurological reason for it, but 
I just haven't gotten into that. I'm actually going for after I complete uh, my first year um, as a clinical hypnotherapist, which will allow me to work, um, allow me to work with uh, doctors and so forth, which I'm fascinated. I can't wait. Uh, I graduate uh, in the winter of uh, 2022, 2023. I'm going to continue on uh, with a program called AOS, which is mind-body psychology. Because the mind and the body are so connected. It's unbelievable. And we already know this. Everybody knows this. I mean, it's scientific fact, right, at this point. So, I digress. Yes. Um, always state what you want in the positive, never in the negative. Super importante. Okay. All right, so we've covered intention, uh, imagination, uh, emotion. Now last, curiosity. Last but not least is curiosity. Be curious. Curious is a good thing. I'll tell you why. You know, some people say, oh, you know, I don't know if this is going to work for me. Blah, blah, blah. Cut that out. Be curious. Say, you know what? I wonder how this is going to change my life. I'm curious to know. I'm curious to experience depth. How deep into trance can I take myself? I'm curious to understand the secrets of my mind. Be curious. Allow the curiosity. Give yourself permission to be curious, as a matter of fact. So these are your four superpowers. Use them. Don't abuse them. And you might have to develop each one separately. But you can develop each one separately using the same techniques that I'm going to give you in starting in the next episode. You're going to have an awesome experience. Well, looks like we are out of time and I'm looking forward to continuing on to the next episode where we will be discussing all the techniques and methods of the induction. So I hope you will join me and we will continue this journey together. Again, if you have any questions, just go ahead and visit my website and click on the chat box, ask me whatever you want, and you will get an answer usually in real time. Uh, if not, if I'm not available, one of my assistants will be able to help answer your questions. We will be starting our regular podcast um, in uh, at the end of September, September 30th. We're going to start uh, the regular podcast. We're going to have a lot of really wonderful uh, hypnotherapists that are going to be coming to the show and just giving you an idea of the many, many, many ways that hypnotherapy can uh, can benefit you. And I hope you'll join me because this only gets better. Stay tuned. As you're all well aware, I am not a doctor or a licensed physician of any sort. I am a certified hypnotherapist. 
Therefore, the information on this podcast is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All content, including audio, any downloaded material, and so forth, information contained on or available on this podcast is for general information purposes only. The channel makes no representations and assumes no responsibility for the accuracy of information on or available through this podcast, and such information is subject to change without notice. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from or through this podcast with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. Also, I do not recommend that you listen to this podcast during the hypnotic sessions while driving or operating heavy machinery.